Thanksgiving week here on the Coming Up Winners podcast. It was an up and down Sunday for your boy, Andrew Lynch. Oops, he did it again on the money line. A big winner. We're going to dive deep into the great Monday night football game. Recap week 11. Let's go. Welcome back to the Coming Up Winners podcast. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, a little beaten and bruised, an up and down weekend. I'm joined as always by Andrew Lynch. Listen, it was a scintillating Sunday on the gridiron. I mean, the NFL games, I count seven games, Andrew, determined by three points or less. That does not include the Steelers' thrilling comeback. I know you've got a lot to say about wrestling. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time for that. Lynch, how was your weekend? Outstanding. Uh, just uh, just an incredible weekend. Uh, gambling wasn't perhaps as great as I would have liked, but like you said, we hit another spectacular money line bet with the Oakland Raiders. Week before was the Buffalo Bills, so... I got a heat check gonna, going how on. How are you going to top yourself this week? I don't want to give too much away. Ooh. People will have to listen on Thursday, but suffice it to say, it will have to do with Mr. Alex Smith and that devastating injury. Oh, boy. You're going Redskins, maybe? I'm right, not saying hey, anything, listen, we'll, we, ju- but we'll see. Just a note to all the podcast listeners. We will be recording two podcasts this week. I know a lot of other guys need time off for the holidays and seeing their family. Money never sleeps, people. And we don't sleep. We are going to be doing two podcasts this week. We'll recap everything today, talk about Monday Night Football, and then the next podcast, which will be out tomorrow, hopefully in time for your Thanksgiving travels. We'll have all the picks on Turkey Day. But let's get started, Lynch. Recapping the week. What did you learn, if anything, this Sunday? Because the underdogs were howling. Yeah, and honestly, I was uh, I was at wrestling for most of the weekend, so I wasn't keeping as sharp of an eye on the games as I might otherwise. But I will say, following the morning games and then following the games and the betting action on my phone, I kind of felt like it wasn't the most educational weekend ever, only because we're, we're 11 weeks into the season at this point. We kind of have a sense of yep. who these teams are. And then, as you mentioned earlier... Really close, really tight games. I think the thing that really mattered for me in kind of a meta sense was bankroll management. There were a couple of games, you know, the Steelers-Jaguars. I had the Steelers at five and a half, ended up coming down to four at game time. So a lot of people pushed on that bet. I wasn't super confident in that line because the Jaguars are such a variable team. We talked about that on Thursday. So I only had a half unit on that game. Similar with the Falcons and the Cowboys. I know you took Falcons and put up or shut up, which we're going to pay off here in a minute. I had the Falcons as well as three-point favorites. Lost that bet, but again, I thought that that was one that could go either way, so only a half-unit bet for me. So let me wait, Lynch, let me ask you. You said you didn't feel confident about Steelers. When you do that, and it's understandable, I didn't feel confident at all this weekend. I'll tell you how I did it in a sec. But how do you handle not feeling confident? Would you rather walk away? Would you rather make a bet? Or do you dabble with, say, a teaser? I do like to walk away. Uh, but, you know, this season in particular, I've really tried to make sure that I'm gambling on every game that we pick on this yes. podcast. And we're trying to find the most valuable games sometimes even the most valuable games in a given week aren't going to offer you a ton of value but i also i'm a little bit of an action gambler i like to have some skin in the game it makes sunday more fun so you know tonight monday night chiefs rams perhaps the biggest monday night football game in a decade we're going to talk about it later i have a pretty strong lean but i'm only going to put a quarter unit on this game because it's the outcome is such in doubt Lynch, I will say what I learned this weekend was 
You've got to trust your process. And I made two colossal mistakes, massive mistakes. I was kicking myself last night. I was literally down in the dumps, just upset with myself. If you listen back to last Monday's podcast, I said I love the Bears. I've loved them all season. I did a video for Fox, uh, I guess right before week one, saying the Bears are going to the playoffs. And I looked at that line go from three to two and a half. The big money came in on the Vikings. That was the professional side. And like a moron, I took the Vikings in the Super Contest. And that just bit me in the butt. It did. It hurt. It stung. And it's like, why? You know, I know they're professional gamblers who do it for a living. That's where they make their money. I just can't do that. And I did that twice, Lynch. The Philadelphia Eagles. I took them. I mean, it was, why would you get in front the train of the New Orleans Saints? Now, that number came down from 8.5 to, I believe, 7.5, maybe a juiced 7. And I said, Oh, look, there's value. There's professional money driving it down. And I took the Eagles in the Super Contest. And again, that was two games that you never felt remotely confident. The Bears, once it was 10-0, I said, well, that's a wrap. You know? It really comes back to confidence. I think we've had this happen a couple of times so far this season where you get two different countervailing trends coming together. On the one hand, you have your process where you like the Bears specifically, where you knew, man, that Saints team is an absolute juggernaut and the Eagles probably aren't going to be able to keep up. But then you looked at some meta trends that affected your process and the and the side that you ended up on. So what I, what I would say there is, in general, I like meta trends because it's very easy to say, this is the trend, this is the rule. Oh, but this game's going to be an exception. I can convince myself of that. That's a good way to lose a lot of money. <laughs> but when you're confident in an exception, like perhaps the Bears, despite all that line movement, I think that's where you have to say, Yes, I know this is the larger trend, but in this specific instance, this is why the trend won't hold. And as always, Lynch, you love to say it. Early in the seasons when you can make your money, Vegas adjusts. They had, I believe, like seven games within four and a half. And what happens? Like seven games land between, you know, three and four and a half. Just one of those tight weekends in the NFL. Let's move on to put up or shut up. You know the drill at this point in the season, right? Using the hashtag put up or shut up, you pick the game, I pick the side. So last week, bad news for me, 0-3. This past weekend, 2-1, I hit Notre Dame beating Syracuse in college football, and I also hit Texas in college football. So at the GOAT wins 24-7, You had Iowa State. I had Texas. So I will take your kind review, thank you very much, on iTunes. And at Real Paul Pedram, you had Syracuse because I got Notre Dame. Thank you very much. I will take that positive review on iTunes. Now, at A-Town Johns, Cowboys, Falcons, man, that was tough. That was a rough one. You know, we've actually got some deeper thoughts, I believe, on the Falcons and Cowboys. We could get to in a little bit, Lynch. I foolishly picked the Falcons. I'll talk you through the process. So early last week, remember, we record uh, the picks on Thursday. Wednesday, two Cowboys linemen were out. And I was like, whoa, two guys on the offensive line. Deion Jones practicing for the Falcons. Give me the Falcons. Of course, Deion Jones sits out. The Cowboys linemen come back. And as I think as we talked about, Lynch, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, nearly 200 yards from scrimmage. I took the L with the Falcons. Lynch, any thoughts uh, on the Cowboys-Falcons before we move forward? Yeah, we'll do a little uh, little premature what were you thinking here. I mean, this is the Cowboys team that I expected to see when I called them undervalued earlier in yes. the season. You know, a very stout defense and just turning around and giving the ball to Zeke and letting him feast. I feel 
we took the we both took a loss here. We were both on the Falcons. I still am kind of okay with it because we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We knew this was either going to come down to Dallas's running game establishing, you know, the, the kind of the pace and the tone of the game, or the Falcons coming out and just lighting the D- Dallas defensive backs on fire, Matt Ryan throwing for 300 yards. We saw the former. We didn't see the latter. I feel like if you play that game out 100 times, I, more often than not, maybe 55-45, the Falcons' passing offense probably shows out. I, I would agree with that. That's a good point. Listen, they averaged 6.4 yards per play. They moved the ball well. They had the unfortunate tipped interception by the amazing Dallas linebacker. So, Lynch, you know, I mean, we both took an L there, but I don't feel awful about how that worked out. By the way, the over never had a chance in that game. It was 6-3 at the half. Uh, l- let me ask you, Jason Garrett, settling for the long field goal at the end of regulation. Is that one where you kind of pull your hair out? If you're oh, a absolutely. Fan? Yeah, I mean, it worked out, but yeah, that was that was not the right process. Awful move by Jason Garrett there. So at A-Town Johns, hit me up with your Venmo information. I will send you $10. Congrats. What were you thinking? We love to look back on our hits and misses, but let's start with the positive. Andrew Lynch, once again coming through. Seriously, folks, that's two weeks in a row you nailed a long shot money line. How are you going to spend your Raiders winnings, Andrew? I think I'm going to have to get me one of those WWE championship belts. You know, (laughs) they were on display at Survivor Series this weekend. Sorry, I cannot stop talking about Survivor Series. It was great, even though I went one-on-one on on my uh, WWE bets. Yes, that's a thing that happened. Uh, Yeah, it was... Listen, when they scored that first touchdown, come away with the interception early, I was like, all right, here we go, Raiders. And then the Cardinals come back and take the lead. I was like, yeah, all right. At that point, I actually stopped sweating the game. I stopped. I was on my way to Staples Center for the event last night. I stopped checking in until Conrad, producer That's Conrad right. texted me, yeah, yeah. Raiders with four exclamation marks. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I, again, we mentioned this a little bit on Thursday. You had the, the Colts on the money line. Solid, solid value. Yeah. Minus 120. I really like to find these situations where I think we have basically a coin flip and I'm getting at least two to one. That's been my money line play so far. I've gotten lucky. Listen, let's be honest. Like, Well, there's some luck involved with that. I trust my process on both of those games, both the Raiders win and the Bills win the week before. But win both of those has been very fortunate. But yeah, I genuinely believe it comes down to when I'm getting plus 200, it's a very simple question. Do I think this team wins more often than one in three times? And in the NFL, a lot of the time when you have two really bad teams against each other, it's a coin flip. There's so much value there. I barely watched this game. I'm not going to lie. LeBron versus the Heat came on. And this game, I you know wasn't that interested in. So I watched LeBron score 51. But Josh Rosen completed nine passes and had two interceptions like Arizona oh my gosh they, they, they can't be favored ever again uh, I quickly want to talk about the Houston Washington game um obviously there's a lot to chew on here the Alex Smith injury unbelievable uh foreshadowing for Andrew Lynch's money line pick not to give anything away but being on Houston favored by three you know something's wrong with Deshaun Watson and I talked him up he's hitting a stride he looks so good he refuses to run the football, Andrew Lynch. I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, three carries, eight yards? That's taking the dynamic aspect of him out of the game. He had two interceptions. They fumbled. They missed two field goals. The quarterback of the Redskins got knocked out, and you could not cover this game. That was frustrating, being on Houston's side. I don't feel like I was on the wrong side, but they just did not play that well. But 
This is a team now that's won two in a row because the other team missed a game-winning field goal at the end, right? Denver and now Washington. Quickly on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Oops. Is this team done? Yeah, I, I mean, I I think they were probably done before that game. This, I again, we talked. I, I've said this a number of times, but when you're into eleven weeks into the season, you really have a good read on these teams. So we talked last week about how that Eagles Giants game from a few weeks ago was really causing people to overrate Philadelphia yeah. a little bit when they beat up on a very moribund New York team. Ooh. All of a sudden, people thought, "Oh, Philly's back." They're not. They're, no. they're 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 done. And I don't think they're as done as we saw on Sunday. We say it a lot. You're never as good or as bad as your your most recent performance. But but they're they're not a playoff contender by any any stretch no. of the imagination. And I don't. You know, this team's going to have some long hard questions to answer this offseason. I I don't understand how. I mean, if you look at their last like five games, they blew that big lead in Tennessee. They had blown a big lead against Carolina. Uh, didn't cover, lost to Minnesota, barely covered in London against Jacksonville. I mean, no cover against Dallas, and they were never competitive in this game. I'm telling you, I, I know, well, we'll get to the line for this week, but it has moved four points. The, the next Eagles game has moved four points. We'll get to it on the next podcast. Quickly, let's buzz through this. Uh, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, we both had Pittsburgh. We took that loss. And Vikings, Bears, we both had the Bears. Uh, Bears? Can this team compete for to get to the Super Bowl? I'm going to be dead honest with you. When you saw what that defensive line did to the Vikings, it was manhandling. I'm I would like to see Bears Saints in the NFC title game. I'm not kidding. I'm looking forward to Rams Saints in the NFC title game. Oh, and I no. think whoa, that is my thing though. I again, I think we're in a very pass-heavy NFL environment right now. I think the Bears defense is outstanding, and I think defense obviously does matter in the postseason. I just don't know. You know, so much of the Bears' success has come from Matt Nagy putting Mitch Trubisky in really good position to not make mistakes. And I think you're going to have to do a little bit more than that in the postseason mm. against a Rams team or against a Saints team. So the defense is going to be there. I just don't know if they can keep up in the track meet that is the NFL in 2018. One more quick note on the Saints. I was jotting down stuff yesterday during the game. This kid Smith, whoever he is, the wide receiver, I was facing him in fantasy. He had an awesome game. If he's your number two, I mean, he looks pretty good. I know it's the Eagles' awful secondary. Marcus Lattimore. Remember last year he was the defensive rookie of the year. He started awful this year. But remember they traded for Eli Apple. Have you noticed how good the secondary's been the last two weeks? I mean, the Saints defense is really showing up in the final note. This was the worst loss by a defending Super Bowl champion ever. Ever. I think the Eagles are done. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Normally in this spot, we would look ahead to the next week's slate of games, but we will do an entire new podcast on that. So we're going to talk about the Thanksgiving games and next Sunday's games on another podcast that will be out tomorrow. But for now, we're going to dive into the epic Monday Night Football clash out here in L.A. Chiefs at the Rams. It's, you know, being billed as the game of the century. I, Lynch, I don't know. I... I, I Unfortunately, I'm in the spot where I'm in the super contest and I went two and three and everybody and their mom has the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. Okay, they're getting three and a half. I will be rooting actively for the Rams heavily. Everybody's on the Chiefs. I need the Rams for my lungs here badly. 
the line has now come down to three. Is that public professional money? Your read on the line movement here. Remember, it went from two and a half in Mexico City to three and a half, now settled at three. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's mostly professional money. The line bumped up, obviously, when the game went from Mexico City to Los Angeles. You have to account for home field advantage there. Three feels about right. Um, These are two very evenly matched teams, and you're getting that two and a half, three points for home field advantage. Unfortunately, I'm with everybody and their mother on this one. I, I'm taking the Chiefs here. I got them closer to four earlier in the week. I love them at plus three as well. I just keep coming back to this Chiefs pass attack. It might legitimately be the best ever. We might be looking at the best passing attack in NFL history. Wow. Since 1986, which is as far back as the DVOA database goes, this Chiefs pass attack is performing 77.7% better than an average NFL pass offense this season. Second in that database would be the 2007 New England oh, Patriots, who were 72% better than the average. This Chiefs offense, the passing attack in particular, relative to league average, has been better than those 2007 Patriots. Now, the Rams are number three in the pass attack. But the gap between 1 and 3 is the same as the gap between 3 and 11. This Chiefs offense is just dynamite. And then you add in the fact that they've done it against the third hardest defensive schedule by DVOA in the NFL this season. Two very evenly matched teams. The Chiefs have played like the better team to this point. I don't want to say they are the better team because I'm always hesitant to define a team by their past performance. But past performance is the best indicator we have of future performance. Truly believe one team is playing like the better side and I get the points. I got to take KC plus three here. I, I, I don't know that I can be talked out of it. There is one... I feel like if I lose this bet, I know how. And I think it might be the point that you're going to make. So I'm going to lay out for you here. Convince me. Is there What would you need to see to get that Rams win tonight, that Rams cover? I would go with 30 carries for Todd Gurley. Yep. 200 yards. They control the ball for, I don't know, 35, 36 minutes and keep Mahomes off the field. Now, I do want to note... Kansas City's center, Mitch Morse, is going to be out for this game due to, I believe, a concussion. You know who's going to be lining up over their backup center. That would be Aaron Donald, perhaps the best defensive player in the NFL. Now, the problem with that is Pat Mahomes outside the pocket is incredibly dangerous, okay? If it's Tom Brady getting him off his spot, he's not mobile. He's not going to throw on the run as good as Mahomes. So... I don't know if this is a huge factor, having this injury to your center, but, you know, Aaron Donald can wreck a game. I wonder if it's going to hurt the running game, and I will add this, and and I'm curious as to your thoughts. Wade Phillips is a defensive mastermind, okay? Spent a lot of time with the Denver Broncos, and also in the NFC East. Guess who else spent time in the NFC East? Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been in the NFC West. I just wonder if Wade Phillips' familiarity with Andy Reid and his tendencies factors in at all here. Now, of course, Pat Mahomes vastly different than any quarterback that uh, Wade Phillips has faced before. But do you think there's a slight advantage there? And I'll also add Marcus Peters, the struggling cornerback, not going to probably go up against Watkins, who may miss the game. May go up against Tyreek Hill, who I'm sure he's familiar with from practice. Your thoughts on Wade Phillips and the Rams' chances to slow this offense? No, you nailed both nails right on the head. For me, I know that if I lose this bet, 
it's because the Rams rushing attack just made mincemeat out of that Kansas City front defensive seven. And that's that's a very strong possibility. And it's because Andy Reid probably got out coached. I, you know, I've, I've said a couple of times off air, I'm really looking forward to potentially gambling against Andy Reid in the postseason. I think that's a very easy thing to say based off of the the performances we've seen from Andy Reid teams in the postseason previously. This feels like a different team. Uh, tonight will be a good indicator of that. But yeah, those are the two major concerns I have as a KC backer is Todd Gurley could legitimately go off for 200 yards in this game. And, you know, Sean McVay or Andy Reid, I'm taking Sean, a Sean McVay coaching staff all day long. So again, it comes down to this Kansas City passing game for me. If Mahomes plays even 80% of the caliber of the player that we've seen so far this season, I think the Chiefs probably win outright if not this is a one or a two point game but with such explosive offenses there's every chance that this is a very close game that gets decided by a touchdown or 10 points right i would agree with that uh now um based on what you're saying about the run game remember denver rushed for 159 and covered denver also rushed for 189 and covered do you have a lean to the total I'm seeing still looks like 63 and a half. Do you have a, a any thoughts on the total if this run strategy of Gurley works? I think this game goes under. I would but agree. I just because that's not a strong lean just because the number is so high. Yeah. I, you know, I I think there might as if you're a Rams backer, you probably want that number to go under, right? Yes. That's your best chance. Now, let's wrap up here. So you like the Chiefs at three and a half. Now now that we're seeing three, does that change anything at all for you? I mean, it, it obviously, I'm getting less value now, but yes. I still like Kansas City at three. Okay. There you have it. We're on different sides. I'm rooting Rams. They got to come through for me. And Lynch is on the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, that'll do it for an abbreviated version of Coming Up Winners. We will be recording another podcast coming out Tuesday with our Thanksgiving picks, our Week 12 leans. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Talk to you manana.